The table is where life happens. It's where imagination runs wild. Where lessons are learned. And wonders are built. The table is where time can stop. Where wounds are comforted. And freedom begins. It's where we find peace. And we laugh till it hurts. The table is where we gather with family, new and old, to share stories, to nourish our bodies, to enrich our souls. The table is where we give thanks and where we remember what great gifts we have been given. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to encourage you to turn to one passage with me for just a moment. Psalm 95, beginning in verse 1. We'll also put it on the screen behind me. This is one of my favorite communion services that we have corporately together as a church uh, every year. It's the one that we always do right before uh, Thanksgiving. And so before you guys gather with your family and friends at your Thanksgiving table to give thanks to the Lord, we get an opportunity to gather as a church family and we give thanks to the Lord for his incredible sacrifice that he gave to us on the cross. Uh, Because no matter what's going on in your life, how difficult this year has been or how wonderful this year has been, if we know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we all have everything to be thankful for. Amen, church? And I hope that will be at the very top of our Thanksgiving list. In Psalm 95, verse 1, it says this, Come, let us sing to the Lord. We've been doing that. We're going to do some more of that in this service. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation, the one who provided our salvation. Let us come to him with, say it together, church, thanksgiving. That's what we're here to do. Let's come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. Why? Because the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. We have so much to be grateful for this Thanksgiving. So much to be thankful for in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, it was Abraham Lincoln, President Lincoln, in 1863 that first instituted what we know today as Thanksgiving. And what we sometimes forget is when he instituted Thanksgiving, it was during a time of civil war in the United States. It was not an easy time. It was a challenging time. It was a divided country. Some of you may feel a little bit that way in the United States today. But in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of that turmoil, in the midst of the division in the United States, 
President Lincoln said these words, we have been blessed with fruitful fields and healthful skies. They are gracious gifts of the most high God. Isn't that still true today, church? It's still true today. And so I, I want to just challenge our church family as we go into this Thanksgiving week, as we even today prepare our hearts to be thankful. I want to give you a little bit of a challenge and a homework assignment, if, if I could. Hopefully you pray regularly at meals, but if you don't, I think Thanksgiving meal would be a perfect time to start, amen? You know, even if you don't normally pray, if you're not a praying person or a praying family, I hope you'll take a challenge this Thanksgiving to say, you know what, before we eat of this meal with our friends and our family and whoever's gathered there, that you'll take a moment to pray and give thanks to our most high God. It's so easy to just go through Thanksgiving or any meal and take it for granted. And there's a lot of people in this country and around the world that would give anything to sit at a table like what many of us are going to get to sit at. And just to have a meal together, to have food on our table. Take a moment to thank the Lord for that. We just got back a couple of weeks ago from our Orchard Men's Retreat. We had about 90 men that gathered up in the mountains. And one of the challenges that I gave all the men, we talked about being a spiritual leader in our homes and our communities. And it starts by being a man of prayer and just praying at meals. And so I want to challenge, especially the men, to, to take that moment before you have your Thanksgiving meal and just thank the Lord who has blessed us with everything that we have. And then I want to take it a step further. This is something that we do uh, in our home each and every Thanksgiving. Um, after we've finished the meal and we've had more food than we probably should have had, and we're ha in a turkey coma, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? It, it, it's good to do this between, you know, the meal and the pumpkin pie and the dessert. We all kind of need a break anyway. And no matter how much we've eaten, we always have room in our stomach for pie. There's a special part of your stomach for pie. But between the meal and the dessert, I want to challenge you to go around your table, whoever is gathered there, and give thanks. Give thanks. And just say, what's one thing that you're thankful for this Thanksgiving? What's one thing that you want to thank God for? It'll be a special time with your family and friends that have, have gathered there today, together. But today, we gather as a church family to give thanks for the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus Christ provided for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. He gave his body representing the bread. He shed his blood representing the cup to pay for our sins, to pay for our salvation and redemption. And that's why we partake together as a church family. That's what communion is all about. There's, there's nothing um, magical about these elements. Uh, they don't forgive your sins. They don't save you. They don't buy your salvation. They're, they're merely pictures and symbols of that which did the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so as we do this, we do this in remembrance. We do this to look back, to be reminded, to be thankful for what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did for us. He gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have a relationship with our God. We could have a home in heaven, that we could be brought into his family as brothers and sisters in Christ and to have a church family like this that we could gather together with. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, if I could just respectfully, lovingly say this to you, 
Um, the reason that we partake of these elements is we do it as believers to be reminded of what Jesus did for us and the time we put our faith and trust in him. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you partake of these elements that you have, then they're really meaningless. They don't mean anything. They don't do anything. You're really kind of just going through the motions. You're just having a snack, if you will. And so I would respectfully ask, if you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then, then do not partake of communion because it wouldn't have any meaning to you. You'd just be going through the motions. Or I have a better idea. Why not take a moment and just a couple minutes when I'm gonna give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior by faith. Put your faith and trust in him and then take your first communion as a born-again believer in Jesus Christ with this church family. Would that be okay, church, if somebody did that today? That would be incredible. And maybe you could look back to Thanksgiving week of 2016 and say, wow, that was the week that I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior into my life. Before we partake of these elements together, and you can begin to prepare them, and then we'll have a time of prayer and scripture reading, and then we'll take the elements together. I'll, I'll lead us in that. Paul, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians gave instructions to the church in Corinth about taking communion. And he said this, anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. And so right now, would you just bow your heads in an attitude of prayer? And I'm just gonna ask you to prepare your hearts to partake of communion. Those of you who are, who are believers in Jesus Christ, You've already had your sins forgiven, past, present, and future, but maybe you've come in here today and there's a burden you're carrying, there's a sin you're carrying. Just remember that the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so right now you can make things right with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that you can come worthy to this table of communion. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you say, you know, I don't wanna just go through the motions. I want this to have meaning. I want this to have purpose in my life. I want to give you an opportunity right now as believers are praying and making their hearts prepared for communion. I want to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life as Lord and Savior by faith and then partake of communion with us as we welcome you into the family of God as brothers and sisters in Christ. So if that's you, you know who you are if God's speaking to you. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be forgiven, will have a home in heaven, a relationship with God. And the way we call on the Lord is through prayer. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. And you say, well, I don't know what to say. I'm not sure about the words. And there's no magic words or magic prayer that saves you. It's your faith that saves you. Prayer is simply a way to express our faith and what's in our heart. But I want to help you with it. And so right now, if the Lord is speaking to you about receiving his son by faith and then partaking communion as a remembrance of that, would you pray this prayer from your heart to God's right now in faith, meaning it? And it goes like this, Jesus, I call on you to come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I accept you by faith thank you Jesus for loving me thank you Jesus for saving me thank you for giving me 
the gift of salvation and eternal life. Thank you. As we continue in attitude prayer right now, I'm just going to give you a moment with the Lord and then I'm going to pray and then I will read scripture and then we will partake of the elements together. Heavenly Father, we uh, humbly come before you and to this table to remember the ultimate and greatest sacrifice that has ever been offered in the history of mankind. The gift of your son that gave his body and shed his blood for our salvation for our forgiveness, for our redemption. It cost, salvation costs us nothing. We cannot buy it, we cannot earn it, but it costs you everything. And so today, as we begin to prepare our hearts for this Thanksgiving week, may we be most grateful and most thankful for the gift of your son as we come right out of Thanksgiving and we prepare for the Christmas season and all of the hustle and all of the bustle and all the things that are going on, Lord, may we prepare our hearts to remember the reason for the season is you. The fact that 2,000 years ago that you loved us enough and so desperately wanted a relationship with us that you sent your son to this earth. as a baby, as a human who lived a perfect sinless life and grew to be a man that at the age of 33 went through the most horrific abuse and torture and ridicule and mocking to save us. You gave your body broken for us, represented in this bread. You allowed it to be beaten and scourged and spat upon and then ultimately nailed to a cross, a spear put through your side, blood that flowed out to pay for our sins represented in this cup. We could never thank you enough, God. May we never take that for granted and may we continue to give you honor and glory and praise and worship for the lamb who was slain for our salvation and our redemption everything we have God is a gift from you you have given us life you have given us breath you have caused our hearts to beat You've blessed us with our family, our friends, this church. And even though it's not perfect, you've blessed us with the United States, a country that we are still free to serve you, to worship you, to glorify you. And may we never, ever take that for granted. And today, 
May we recognize and remember your sacrifice in these elements as we partake of them now. Create in us a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit in us that we might come to this table in a worthy manner because of your son, because of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul said these words, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, this is my body that has been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And they partook of the bread. In the same way, he took the cup, the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant, the new agreement and promise between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Do you believe that he is coming again, church? Can we just celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right now? Amen, amen, amen. You know, we have purposely um, planned some extra time for worship. We're not finished. I know you're used to it at this point. Okay, we're out of here. Uh, we're, we're continuing because I believe it would only be proper and only be appropriate that we would continue in a time of worship to our great God and our great King for his sacrifice and all he's done. Amen? Is that okay with you guys? We do a little extra worship today. Would that be okay? So in just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a couple of songs of worship and then we will dismiss. Uh, but before we do, if you're here today and you accepted Christ, you prayed that prayer with me and it really came from your heart and you meant it. It's the greatest decision that you could ever make and will ever make. And we don't take that for granted or lightly here at Orchard Church. So if you accepted Christ today, please let us know about that. On your connection card, just give us your name and check that box that says, I accepted Christ, or maybe you rededicated your life. Drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by so we can continue to pray for you and we can uh, send you a gift in the mail uh, as well to help you in your new walk with the Lord. And so let us know about that. If you are a first-time guest today, we love having guests at Orchard Church. Amen, church? Can we welcome our guests? We're so glad you're here today. I know we have a lot of friends and family and guests that are here today uh, because of child dedication or maybe you're in for Thanksgiving. Um, hopefully you fill out your guest connection card. You can drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by as well. We are not interested in your money at all today, guests, but we're definitely interested in you. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. We're going to send you a thank you note and a free gift in the mail as a first-time guest. So please let us know uh, that you're here today as, as a guest. If you're new to Orchard Church and I haven't had the privilege to meet you, I would love to do so. I'll be hanging out in the courtyard uh, by the white tent. Please come by and introduce yourself uh, today. Uh, before we dismiss in a, in a time of worship and also worship uh, through our giving, next 
Sunday, as you saw in the rundown, I'm starting a brand new four-week series um, called Come to Worship. It's all about Christmas. It's a four-week Christmas series. I already got to study ahead of a week last week. I'm super pumped about this series. I'm very excited. It's going to kick off in a really awesome way. So don't miss that. Be here next Sunday and don't come alone. You know, Christmas season is one of those times of the year that if someone is going to come to church, this is when they're going to come, right? It's going to be during Christmas or Easter. Let's take advantage of that. Our mission at Orchard Church is to help people find and follow Jesus. Statistics tell us that 85% of our friends, coworkers, and neighbors that don't know Christ or don't have a church home, if we invite them to come, they'll come. 85%. So let's take advantage of that. Let's just pack out all three services this Christmas season as we celebrate what Christmas is really all about, the reason for the season, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're really going to enjoy this series. And so come, but don't come alone next Sunday. So as we get ready to close in a song of worship, we also have the privilege and honor to worship the Lord uh, through our tithes and offerings. Giving is one of the highest forms of worship. Uh, we say it this way here at Orchard Church. We want to be a church that acts our wage by giving first because we have a give first God. Amen? We give to the one who's given everything to us. By saving second because it creates healthy margin in our lives. And then by learning to live on the rest, which breeds contentment. Paul said, I've learned whatever state I'm in to be content. And so I hope we will live in that manner and that way as we worship the Lord through our tithes and offerings. So let's stand right now as we close in a couple of songs of worship uh, to the Lord. God bless you for being here, Orchard Church. Have an amazing, wonderful Thanksgiving. And I truly mean this. I love you so much. I love you guys.